This is time for the church to be the church and to embody and minister wisdom and love in all we do. Be a kingdom witness. Amen. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast. So excited to bring you today's uh, special episode with Dr. Peter Bellini. Dr. Bellini has been on the episode multiple times talking about the Holy Spirit and how to utilize the Holy Spirit. Today's episode, a little bit more topical in the world that we're living in. Prayer is important, right? We live in a COVID-19 world and we're all wrestling with what that means and looks like. So I asked Dr. Bellini to come on for a special episode where we talk about these things, how to connect, what does that mean, what does it look like? He gives us kind of 10 things that you can pray through as it pertains to this virus. And it's very practical. Um, He gives us a beautiful prayer at the end. So please stay on to the end. I'm not going to do an outro like I normally would because I really want the last things that you hear to be the blessing of Dr. Bellini. Such a powerful episode full of practical ways to pray through this crisis. Um, Know that, that we're praying for you too here at the Reclamation Podcast. We always say that the purpose of this podcast is to reclaim good practices for faith and life. And let's just be honest, they both look really differently right now. So uh, we're going to continue to try to put out good content and help you think your way through what do good practices for faith and life look like in the midst of a pandemic. Know that I'm praying for you. And if you need anything, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at TWMilt, M-I-L-T, my website, www.twmilt.com, or on Facebook, The Reclamation Podcast with Tony Miltenberger. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Peter Bellini. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Reclamation Podcast. I am here today with a familiar voice to talk about all the things that are happening in the world, because the world is so weird right now. Uh, Dr. Peter Bellini from United Theological Seminary. Dr. Bellini, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Tony. Thanks for having me this afternoon. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. And uh, I think of you as one of my pastors. And I thought, man, this is a unique opportunity to ask somebody who I love and respect. um, What is is the Christian response to uh, social distancing quarantine and COVID-19? That's a great question, isn't it? Because where do we begin? I mean, as Americans, we're not used to that, are we? No. I mean, this is the land of the free. So we're used to traveling here and there and moving about doing our business. We're very busy people. We have busy schedules and we're used to being on the move. Uh, we're not used to sitting in one place or staying in our house or being quarantined. Or True confession, my schedule's never looked this clear. <laughs> right, right, right. So this is something that uh, goes against the grain of American, uh, American society and how we're used to moving. Um, so I think, one, that's difficult for, for people to uh, factor now. I mean, how, how, does, how does that change our everyday life? So I think everyone is, is trying to reconfigure all of that and adjusting. I think that's, that's a lot right there. And then you have the whole element um, as the church in terms of <clears throat> how do we process this? Uh, how do we strike a balance between 
we don't want to have fear. First <clears throat> Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So we want to have uh, God's love, and we don't want to be led by fear. And, and also in that verse, a sound mind, a uh, mind of good judgment. We want to have wisdom as well, though. We want to have wisdom as well. So um, put it this way, we, we don't want to be scared, but we want to be prepared. Right. We don't want to be scared, but we want to be prepared. And so uh, I think some persons struggle with, um, are we giving into fear if we don't go to church or right. if we don't leave the house? And I would say um, unequivocally, no, we are, that is not a, a fearful uh, move to follow what in, our, in Ohio our governor is uh, requiring, which is uh, he's jumping on this early and giving us very stringent social distancing boundaries. And I think that's wise. It's not an act of fear. That's wisdom. And it's good when we see our leaders and our church leaders need to follow suit to give our people permission without thinking they're feeling fearful or guilty to um, uh, implement social distancing because ultimately social distancing from a spiritual perspective is an act that allows for community healing. Hmm. Um, because the, the bottom line is, is all of this, like in, in China, and especially in Italy, has all hit too much, too fast, and it's overloaded the Italian system, especially their healthcare system, which is collapsing. And it seems, according to the experts, that we may be like two weeks behind Italy, maybe. And if that's the case, then we need to get a jump on this because we can't afford to have that steep curve on the graph of incidences and deaths. We don't have the uh, hospitals. We don't have the beds in ICU. We don't have the ventilators. We don't have the equipment to handle such an overload. So what we're doing with this, uh, social distancing isn't going to cure or heal or rid the disease. The virus is here. It's too late for that. But what it can do is buy us time because in, in social distancing and, and quarantining and boundary setting like that, we're slowing the emergence down. We're, we're slowing down the contact with other people. So one of the primary ways that this spreads is through people to people contact. The more people you're with, the greater the probability. The less people you're with, the less the probability. So we're hoping by not being in so much contact to flatten out the curve over time so yeah. it buys us more time, especially the, our, our healthcare systems and other systems to prepare, to take a breather, to be equipped, all the things that they're going to need to do because it, if, when, if and when it, it starts to hit more and no, if it bubbles every week, like they say, it is gonna. So all so that important. said, that's what I think social distancing is yeah. very important. I'm glad our governor has gotten a hold of it. I wish other leaders, especially in the church, would have thought of it earlier and acted on it earlier. Um, it's, yeah. It's well, I love the way that you say that. An act that allows for community healing. Because right. then it becomes a, a part of our spiritual discourse and not just a mandated, like there is a sense or a, at least a tension to hold on to about Christian responsibility. And when you, you kind of mentioned, we don't want to be scared. So if, if there's a young Christian listening, who's dealing with fear and, and not just about the virus, but just fear in general, how, how do you, how do we lean into, or, or rather, what do you lean into when, when fear is facing you like this pandemic is for us right now? Right. 
Well, uh, there's a lot of different types of fear. Um, a lot of the fear we deal with is, uh, is often irrational fear. Mm-hmm. Not all fear is irrational, but a lot of it is, is irrational. These are things that we, we may worry about that may never happen or, or never come to pass. Um, and uh, these are things that work on our, our brain, our, our reactor system in our brain that causes us fight, flight, or freeze. And uh, uh, we're, all subject, we're all subject to that. And so in that sense, I look at irrational fear, kind of the corny acronym, false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. So oh, sometimes yeah. we could have uh, evidence that just doesn't add up. And yet the, we, we infer from it that we need to be fearful because, uh, and, and the evidence isn't there. These are irrational fears or, very, or maybe low percentage fears. But then I think there's a part of uh, our, our uh, biochemistry which uh, allows for fear as a, as a healthy fear in the sense of being alert and being aware. It's the alarm system in our, in our physiology in, in, for our survival. That lets us know that you know danger is impending or danger is near. Like so, if I were to run out in the middle of the street and stand in the middle of traffic, um, my brain chemistry is going to do some things. It's going to send some signals and some uh, release. Yeah, danger will arrive. Danger, say, right? Yeah, get out of the street, and it's you know it, it's going to allow me. It's going to elicit thoughts that are rational for fear. You know, you need to be afraid. There's the evidence, you know, cars are coming at you. So it, it, and it equips me to respond promptly. It's my alarm system. Um, and so that's when it's properly functioning. So we have an overreactive alarm, internal alarm system that sensors are maybe overactive, which often happens um, when uh, we're anxious uh, and, and nervous, or sometimes when, when those who struggle with mental health issues may have an overreactive uh, uh, nervous alarm system. This, this, this uh, uh, sense, sensors uh, that we have in our in our, our neurochemistry that make us aware of uh, of danger. But then there's other cases where uh, the, the 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 danger is real, and uh, that system has been put into our body by God to alert us to danger, so that we could re- respond promptly. And, uh, and be aware. So um, I think in all, light of all of that, I think we need to be informed mm. in light of that. We need to be informed uh, in terms of where we're getting our information from as these reliable sources or non-reliable sources. People could be getting their information from sources that aren't reliable and, and may have a lot of irrational fear as a result of that. So I think we need to get the facts uh, Christians need to get the facts. The world, we need to get the facts. Um, I, I, lo- I look at uh, the World Health Organization reports. I look at the CDC reports. Uh, I look at Montgomery County Health. I look at all the various um, uh, health websites and see what they're saying and, and some of the other uh, sources in the news, CNN and others and Fox, uh, to try to compare. So I have a good, uh, um, a full, well, well, or fully orbed uh, uh, sources of, of um, news, so I could process what's actually going on, and from there make some of the decisions. And so, uh, at first, a lot of people panicked and thought, "Wow, this is irrational. We're going too far with some of the measures, like you know, we're talking about washing hands and social distancing." But then, as the facts come in, we're seeing, "No, this isn't the case. These yeah. are proper responses." Let me, so let me ask you this, Doctor B. Um, so simply, it's a, sometimes a fine line between yeah. proper responses and people going overboard. And God, and we'll get to it later, wants to give us peace in the midst of this and not fear, though. But go ahead. Well, well, well so the, yeah, that's actually my question, right? So, is the Christian response 
the same to a rational fear as it is to healthy fear? I, I think uh, to uh, rational, healthy uh, awareness and fear, yes, we need to be aware uh, and we need to take consideration of what's being told to us. We need to be wise as serpents. Yeah. So when we're being told about social distancing, it is, it's not a, fear, a negative, fearful, or unchristian thing to follow through. In fact, I was just at a conference recently and I was kind of startled that um, how the Christian response was. Um, they didn't take a lot of what has been... Uh, promulgated through the news seriously. So I saw a lot of persons shaking hands, hugging, a lot of coughing into their hands, that sort of thing. And so I would say, you know, this is taking it to the other extreme. We're not being sensitive. We're not uh, processing the information that's been given to us that we need to be aware and we need to respond promptly and thoroughly. That's not being done. Um, I wish that leaders, Christian leaders would have been ahead of this, given their people permission you know, to, hey, do this or stay home or don't hug. It's okay. And, and these various things. All that said, once we're doing all we need to do horizontally in this world to prepare by being wise, the vertical component, the Godward component is clear. Philippians chapter four says, be anxious for nothing. Mm. Don't worry about anything. Now, I know that's hard when we're seeing everything around us. Because if there's false evidence about things and it's just an irrational fear, then you could tell people logically, like, you know, like in cognitive behavioral theory, you tell people, hey, you know, these are irrational fears. They're not going to happen. There's no evidence for it. So don't worry. But these reports are more realistic. Yet we're still told be anxious for nothing. Uh, do not worry about everything. And again, I know that's tough, but God gives us the remedy. But in everything, you know, convert that worrying energy in, into prayer energy and begin to spend time alone with God, which these uh, social distancing allows for. <laughs> right. <laughs> it should be a, a nice B12 boost into our, our spiritual disciplines now in our, in our prayer time. Um, to then pray, it says, uh, and, and, and give these things to God and the God of, of, of peace. You know, mm. he, he's going to bring us comfort. He, he's going to protect and guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, the peace that passes all understanding. So our understanding may be saying, hey, all these things are going on. But God's peace even transcends the news reports of CNN and Fox and all these other things and gives us peace even in the midst of all of this. So, yes, do everything that we're required to do out of wisdom, but don't live in fear. God promises us peace. He will keep us in perfect peace whose mind stays fixed on him. And that's what I tell people is like, yes, look at the news, be informed. But for all the news you're looking at during the day, and a lot of it's bad news, right. make sure you counter it with the good news, which yeah. is the gospel. Five to one. For every minute you're watching the news, make sure you're praying or reading the scriptures. Uh, at least five minutes for every one minute you're reading and you're watching the news so that uh, the input that's coming in is, uh, is, is, is God's peace, is hope, as opposed to just merely the news, which we need to hear. It's realistic, even though it's not good news. We need to counter that with the good news. Yeah, and, and you kind of uh, you recently wrote a blog about this, and and you started with peace, um, kind of it's it's entitled uh, 10 Guidelines for Prayer in These COVID nineteen Times." Um, can can you take us through a little bit of that? I know you you started with peace in the article, and you started with peace here, so it's an easy transition in. How how should we be praying? How should we be praying, and what does that look like? I mean, practically speaking. Right. 
Yeah. Um, during my time of prayer a couple of days ago, I felt the Lord uh, put in, uh, in my spirit and download into my spirit or in put, put upon my heart um, some areas to pray for that I was praying for. And then I felt led that I needed to share those. Um, I just felt God was saying, you know, people are wondering how, how can I pray in, in this time and does prayer make a difference? So God put these 10 areas, kind of 10 simple guidelines. And there's there's a whole lot more one could pray for. This is just one way of approaching it and um, making it comprehensive in that dealing with the spiritual aspects, again, the vertical component, but then also the horizontal uh, component. How can we uh, pray intelligently? You know, with the, how can we pray, intercede uh, with information, be informed in our intercession? <clears throat> so we hit our target. So I, these are the areas <clears throat> that I felt led God was putting on my heart. And the first was to pray for peace, shalom. Mm. Um, and I have several other areas in here. Now, this is uh, just the guidelines. One could pray uh, more than this. This is just kind of a, it, It's a tool, right? Like it's like anything else. It, it can be a, used and it can be adapted. And I, right. Lord knows I've used a hammer sometimes, not with a nail. <laughs> right, right. So it's just a guideline. Uh, pray against the spirits of division. I could see that in all these kind of crises, it's easy for our nation to be divided. Mm-hmm. People could say this is a political thing. You know, it's a Democrat thing. It's a Republican thing and, and, and make it something political. Um, back home where my wife is from and my family's from in Sicily, um, there are no American Democrats and Republicans. They're not overly concerned about the Democratic, the, 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 the democratic process here in the United States uh, and their suffering. They have over 22,000 cases and thousands that are dying and the whole country's on shutdown. So this is not a political issue, though one can't politicize it and surely we're doing that, but ultimately it's not a political issue. And we shouldn't be divided over this. It's very easy to divide in terms of political parties or even perspectives on it. One party saying, hey, you're not taking it seriously enough. The other party saying you're taking it too seriously and we need to be cooperating. Because um, in Italy, some of the problems they're having are some people don't want to be sta- uh, want to remain in quarantine, and so they've actually had to penalize. There's a, there's fines and even uh, incarceration for uh, breaking those uh, quarantine uh, rules, social distancing rules. Because we're all in it together, we all got to right. do this together. So we, we can't have division. And I have your suspicion, you know, that kind of thing. I know conspiracy theories arise. China says that this was started by our American military, and people here are saying this is started by Chinese scientists, et cetera. Yeah, there's uh, not much help in that, is there? Well, where are you going to go from there? You know, it's right. not very it, constructive. It's not going to change the fact that you still shouldn't leave your house. Exactly. You're in the same place. <laughs> Um, and so uh, I have here to also pray against anxiety, the obvious, the anxiety, yeah. the panic, the fear, and to pray and release God's peace um, in the community. So peace is big. We need that as a basis. It's, uh, it's our stance with Ephesians 6 in the armor of God. It's the gospel shoes or boots. The Roman soldiers' boots were almost like cl- football cleats. They had little hobnails at the bottom that dig into the ground. It's our firm stance needs to be peace. Peace will cause us to stand. So we need uh, we need peace. I pray for peace. Two uh, leadership, obviously, for obviously, right. our leadership needs to up their game, big time. I don't envy people in leadership, especially in political leadership right now. The decisions they have to make, whether people are for or against uh, Donald Trump, um, I don't envy what he's what he has to have on it, what he has on his shoulders, the decisions he has to make, and uh, Governor Dewine as well. So pray for our leaders that they have wisdom, truth, mm. give direction, God. Give him compassion amidst all of this, that it's not just mobilizing numbers here and there, but these are lives. 
um, and grant them strength and leaders in every area, every domain, political leaders in our healthcare system and our financial sector, church world, all leaders in authority. Uh, and then in the third area is protection, obviously, for obvious reasons, uh, protect us from <laughs> the, the spread and its effects of, uh, of COVID-19. And now, so does, next, that, does that include um, like protection against like mental thoughts too? Like the, the stuff that is going on in your head? Right. Absolutely. Claim the blood of Jesus as a shield and a healing for all these things, whether for people, groups, institutions, systems, policies, processes, all of these. And this involves, yeah, everything, the panic, the fear, the Mm. worry that we talked about before, um, the the disease itself, its spread, everything that's involved, all of the dynamics, the psychosocial dynamics that are involved in this crisis, which for all of us may be different. Um, if a person struggling with mental health issues in this time period, um, is their problems, uh, they're, they're going to be exacerbated. They, they can be exacerbated. Um, this can be a time because of the extra stress where they may be feeling more anxious or depressed than they normally would. So yes, the protection here is for over their minds. Uh, we're talking about in this sense of the Ephesians six, again, the helmet of salvation, mm. uh, protecting our head, protecting our, our minds uh, with what God promises for us, with salvation that he promises us. So in, 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 without a doubt, protection involves all these areas, including, like you said, even our thought life against fear. Uh, for uh, immunity, um, I believe that God uh, gives us the power and the mandate to bind and loose. And we can bind uh, uh, things here on earth and loose things here on earth when we're in agreement with God's word. And uh, I believe that God wishes well for us and wants us to have uh, strong, healthy bodies. Hmm. All that you, you know, you, you above all that you prosper and you're in, you're in you know, good strength, good health. And so we could speak in, in, uh, strength to our immune system. I mean, that doesn't mean you don't eat healthfully, take vitamins, rest, exercise, all the other things that undergird, uh, good health and a strong immune system, but we could also speak that over our bodies. I've been doing that for years over my life, my family, friends. Uh, I speak and declare a strong immune system, command the body to uh, function the way God created it. And God is the one who created our immune system and he created it so it could fight off um, pathogens, so it could fight off disease. So you just kind of do that as a part of your daily prayer routine. Yeah, it's an affirmation, what I call an affirmation. So it's, it may sound something like this, you know, I speak full health and strength to my immune system. And I may start speaking to, you know, specific parts of my immune system. You know, if if sickness arises that my body will produce the right T cells and and, and combat this. And and anybody can do that, right? Like it's not, you don't have like a special corner on the market. No, no. No, I have no corner. I don't think anybody has any corner on any markets in this days. Everything's empty. <laughs> no, you can. No, anyone, anyone could speak God's word over their life. Anyone, mm-hmm. and that's all that is. You're speaking God's word and God's promises into into your life and the life of those around you. And, so now uh, remember, we're the power of the tongue. So speak life. Speak life. Yeah, that's it, that's that's it. Speak life. Okay, number number five resources. Obviously, right? Resources. Pray for sufficient human and medical resources for healthcare systems 
and sufficient and necessary resources for all sectors, because obviously this um, crisis is, um, is not just a health issue. It involves all, all aspects of society. They're all interconnected. It's a system. Each component of the system affects another component. So this is affecting the stock market. This is affecting the financial sector. This is affecting manufacturing, work, jobs, especially, for example, if Governor DeWine decides to go um, uh, be more extensive with his social distancing and quarantine. In other words, shutting down restaurants. I've heard this morning him saying that's a possibility. <clears throat> so that means people are not going to be working. And so the, therefore, do we have resources? Is the government going to somehow compensate for this? So there's a prayer there for resources across the board because we're going to need it. Yeah. Amen. Number uh, six. Six is testing, which I think uh, I've already feel that some of the prayers are being answered. We were gravely behind in this. Uh, we were behind China. We were behind South Korea just a week ago. Uh, well, for the past several weeks. But I feel um, they've kicked that up a little as um, more tests have been produced and uh, more stations locally uh, have been produced and the results are able to come back more quickly. We just were not prepared. Our system, it's no one's fault. No one, it's not just that someone say it's a Trump fault or it's a CDC right. fault. There are several glitches along the way that we were just not simply prepared for what came that quickly and what was required. We are trying to correct as fast as possible. We should have corrected a little earlier. Um, I think this should have been the number one thing right along with setting uh, the, the, the travel restrictions early on, which he did do. But uh, I think this should have been right along with it because you don't have a clear uh, understanding or idea of how far the disease has spread. So uh, we, need, we need tests to realistically ascertain the scope of the problem so that we can respond to it. So that's what this is. It's a prayer for a prompt, expedient, efficient, sufficient production, distribution, administration, and interpretation of the test so that we can realistically evaluate the problem and know how to respond. And that's seven, the strategies then, because then you could strategize once you know what you're dealing with. Right now, we don't know. We've, our numbers are underestimated. This particular illness is asymptomatic up to, up to two weeks. It can be asymptomatic. And so we don't know who really has it, who doesn't. And those even with symptoms uh, may still have it and, and, and have not been tested or tried to get tested, and they won't allow them to be tested. So mm. we were praying for the deployment of effective strategies once we know where the epicenters and centers are, where the disease is proliferating. And we can pray for uh, strategies of social distancing and judicious and humane quarantine on all levels uh, to level off the rate of intensity uh, of the occurrences um, and then proper... Uh, proper now, do you, do you think as we're praying for this, is when we, specifically around strategies, is, um, should we be praying for something specific or just hold this kind of loosely? Well, I think the, the guidelines I have here are, are kind of uh, loosely, and I, I think that's a good thing to do because we really don't know what we're facing. Mm. And, uh, you know, we don't want to overstep our bounds. Everyone on the Internet is a scientist and a medical expert and all. Right. And <laughs> right. we're not. We all became doctors overnight. Right, exactly. So, you know, we're praying generally here as and, and, and doing as much as we know, what I call informed, intel, intelligent intercession. Hmm. So as we know, but we do know we need some of these things here. We need effective deployment. You know, we need uh, accurate contact tracing and some of these other things. So we can pray for, for those. And as the, the news gives us facts, we can add that in here and add more detail to the prayer. 
So like, for example, an eight, the research piece, it's general because it's still in its developmental stage. So we're also praying comprehensively, uh, not only that we you know, know what we're facing, we're strategizing to face it, but we're praying for the research. On the, uh, once we do know what's going on, to pray for all types of researchers because it's taking place in uh, university settings, it's taking place uh, by the government, it's taking place in private sectors with the pharmaceuticals, to develop an expeditious, effective, sufficient, affordable, well-tested and safe production mm -hmm. of a uh, CV-19 vaccine and treatments, which of course those are two different things. So. Right. We don't know a lot right now. Maybe we can add to this if we hear stories like, well, Israel has something on them that they're working on and China has something they're working on. We could add specifically maybe some of those countries that are doing such and such. Or we're hearing like, you know, certain pharmaceutical companies like Roche has something developed. You know, we could pray specifically in that sense. But this is just seeking to be a comprehensive guideline to pray for these areas that are needed. So the research, and then uh, nine and 10, nine would be then uh, institutions restored. You know, once we start to have then, there's kind of a logic to this, if you will. Once we have the data, the strategies, once we have a vaccine or treatment, which would be nice, then we could start looking at the restoration and the healing yeah. of, our, of our, our society, our culture. And so things could eventually, you know, give back and this is kind of part of the economic part, right? Because I, I, I think, I, I mean, one of the things that I've been praying about already is that the economic impact of your, the Christian response to the economic impact, we need to be aggressive yes. in, in stepping out in faith and spending money again. There's going to be so many small businesses that are going to get wrecked, right. you know, and churches too. I, I uh, was talking to the church family today about this idea about, Hey, maybe be a percentage giver. Don't be a dollar amount giver. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. Again, we need to think of this holistically as a system, a larger system where whatever happens in, in the healthcare industry is going to affect what happens in these other sectors and overall the overall economic and financial well-being. That's why we're seeing the market go up and down with the news about what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's, we've mm -hmm. got to think holistically and each one of these sections of prayer has those, uh, that in mind to think about the other uh, facets of society. So also, yes, with the institutions restored, the, the prayer culminates then to the restoration of institutions and systems that have been impacted. The church, government, healthcare, schools, big time, the economy, uh, other businesses, you know, law enforcement, first responders, whatever our workplace is, uh, that these would be protected and restored to normal, healthy uh, functioning. And again, as we get more information, we could pray more specifically. But we, we, we're praying for this to come full circle and for the restoration of, of, what, of, of a lot of areas that are going to be severely impacted and hopefully not damaged uh, irreparably. Yeah. And then number 10, my favorite number one. Number 10, I think, is... Uh, it's last, but it's it's definitely not least. This is just encompassing and embracing all those other areas, and that's for salvation, which is always the heart, mind, and will of God in all of this. So pray that we all come to a place of true repentance, of turning to God, and recognize our total dependence. Now, it, <laughs> this seems clear for us believers now in this case that we really need to depend on God, but yeah. not everyone thinks this way. No, most people don't. I, I mean, let's be honest. I don't on bad days. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
And even in this crisis, a lot of people outside of the church are not thinking, wow, man, I'm, I've been humbled by this invisible virus and it's brought me to my knees. So, you know, in other words, as this little, little virus has brought the whole world to its knees in the visible world, so in the invisible, invisible world, the whole world should be brought to its knees before the great God. And as we're meticulous and detailed about all of the ritualistic washings and staying clean it's almost biblical, you know, uh, be separate and touch not the unclean thing. I mean, that, that's Second Corinthians 7, 1. That'll preach right now. Just on the news. <laughs> That'll preach. <laughs> be separate and don't touch anything unclean. Well, as we're being so meticulous to do that with our hands and our bodies yeah. and social distancing, God's saying, that is, a, that, that is a visible sign of what should be happening in the spirit. People should be turning to me. And that's the prayer here is that we would turn to God in this time of, of need and repent. And we also pray that God would release them to this world, protection, provision, healing, restoration, strength, and salvation. And I finally close it here with, this is time for the church to be the church and yeah. to embody and minister wisdom and love in all we do. Be a kingdom witness Amen. Amen. in the midst of all of this. And so, we could do that wherever we're at on social media, even if we're all cloistered, <clears throat> right. we could do that wherever we're at engaging as you and I are right now, we're not in physical proximity. Yeah. So one of the questions that I have is that um, sometimes in moments like these, there are Christians who come out and they say, well, this is God smiting down his people or this is God, you know, uh, we've heard it said before, you know, getting rid of groups of people. What's your response to God's hand in this? You know, I'm not God. I don't know the mind of God in all things. Hmm. And I think people, too many people assume they know the mind of God in all things. And I, it kind of goes back to what we were saying with the conspiracy theories. If you claim to know any of that, what does it change in any of this? The bottom line is, I think we're hitting on all what's needed right now to help to protect and to restore society and ultimately a call to come back to the Lord. Whether hmm. someone believes this is God, directly God's hand of judgment, whether they believe it's indirectly God's hand of judgment, whether they believe this is just merely under the permissive will of, permissive will of God, or if they're a closed theist, uh, open theist person, excuse me, and they believe that you know God's right along with us in this journey and doesn't know what's going on either. Wherever we're at in the midst of that, um, I think we're called to do the same things. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't change regardless of what you think about that. And, you know, maybe for the best, uh, for the good of the group, people who think that it, it's not even that prudent to share your theology on that, uh, and, you know, especially I, publicly, because there's so many people who, who just don't understand it. Now, if, if you and I and a group of um, people were, were to get together on Zoom or whatever and try to share our theology on it, that's probably a safer place than just start ranting and raving yes we have to be wise and we got it we can't make our opinions and that's what these are we don't know the we have not we have no confirmation of the mind of god on this we can't make our opinions scripture yeah. now they say well in the bible look god judge nations and all of that okay the scriptures are inspired hmm. they're canonical and they reveal the God, the mind of God to the persons God has selected to reveal that to. That canon is closed. God's not doing that today. I'm not saying God doesn't give prophetic words, but God's not given the equivalent of Scripture 
So we're not at that level where I think people can be declaring, oh, this is because God's judges because of this group or that group. I don't think we have the authority to do that. I don't think, I don't see it as being fruitful or productive. I think those are merely opinions and we need to watch because when we see, like even in scripture, people like uh, Peter want to call down, you know, call down lightning and thunder. Uh, Jesus rebuked him. Right. So this is not time to be calling down lightning or thunder or thunder or being the, the weather forecaster, spiritually speaking, and saying this lightning and thunder coming down has been brought to you by God. Um, in the midst of all of this, like all the time, we're being called to come close to the Lord. We're being called to turn from our sin because the kingdom of God is here. And however God chooses to use this, that's how I see it. However God chooses to use this as a wake-up call, I want to I be faithful to respond. Now, even without this, God's always calling me to the same thing anyways, <laughs> to repent. Uh, <laughs> I just think the circumstances are just calling me a little louder, more loudly. Now, do you, do you think you, you've studied a lot of church history in your day? Um, one of the things that I'm wondering about is, um, is, is this a prime moment for revival? And you, you and I have been talking about revival in class and in person for as long as I've known you. Do, do you, do you, how does the church lean into this moment to possibly, you know, give the Holy Spirit space to spark a revival. Right. Um, as, as you know, Tony, we've looked at this in my classes and <clears throat> students of revival history. Um, revivals have never occurred without two components. I could say three, but that's the third one's God, and that's obvious. Right. Without two components that are vital. One is prayer. There's never been a revival where people said, oh, wow, man, we got revival hit, and we didn't even have to pray for it. Um, prayer is one, and repentance is two. Those are mm -hmm. two basic ingredients to every revival. is the call to prayer, call to repent, and seeing those manifest. And I believe that's what we're being called to do now is to pray and, and, and to pray and, and, and to repent in this time. And we have enough time to do it now. Our right. days are no longer so busy. We have this opportunity to pray. You know, what we learn in, in evangelization is, is that people are uh, more apt to come to Christ in times of receptivity, times of receptivity, those transitions or breaks in the chapters of our lives mm. that end one period and begin another. Birth, like in the life cycle, birth, death, marriage, divorce, a new job, losing an old job, being sick, having children. These are usually four months of quarantine. <laughs> yeah. These are transition periods. Right. Like no, right. We're more receptive to receive, more receptive to having Christ work in our heart. Our hearts are more open. <clears throat> so this even more so, because this is not just some transition in my life that you're not experiencing and makes me more receptive. We're all going through this together. So this is a global time of receptivity. So this really is a very uh, a ripe season for us to pray and repent because we're all going through this transition together. And I think it could be an, an awesome opportunity to seek the face of God and to see God's hand move in repentance in an unprecedented way, because oftentimes there were great circumstances, you know, like the, and Martin Luther following the, you know, the black, the black death and some of these other things. Uh, these happen during seasons 
and the church could take advantage of it. I think it's a great opportunity to pray and repent and seek the face of God and watch God's hand move and pray that people are receptive, that people find that this is a time where we need to be vulnerable and humble and turn to him. Now, you know this, you're a pastor, I know this. Does the average person in the church or more so even outside of the church know this? We need to pray for that. Lord, may this be a time that people turn to you because they see that nothing else is is working and they see that even our leaders are not certain what to do. So Lord, we're going to turn to you. That's been my prayer for the United States. It's been my prayer big time for my country back home in Italy who yeah. has who are no longer attending church. They're, they're not worshiping like they used to. I'm talking about even before the quarantine in Europe, for example, where church attendance and faith in God has gone down. Right. The secularization of Europe, especially in Italy, where there's a church on every corner, um, that they would take this time now to remember their roots and return to their first love. And I think that's what this is. This is a, an opportunity for a kingdom witness. Absolutely. What you're saying. Absolutely. I love it. I love it, Dr. B. Uh, okay, so words of wisdom to pastors that are listening or faith leaders that are listening. Um, pray and repent. Is there anything practically that the church should be doing right now that, that you, you know, is weighing heavy on your heart? Well, I think you all are, do, are starting to do it now. At first, they, they weren't. I was very, again, I was very burdened by the fact that the church seems to always lag behind in secular or worldly affairs or, or wisdom. It seems like, you know, the church, the government, you know, was making all these decisions, what to do. And the church is some, in some cases following in some cases is reluctant to follow. Mm. It was reluctant to follow. They're struggling with, should we not, you know, should we still have services and these sorts of things? I mean, we wrestled with it up until, uh, I mean, uh, up until Friday when governor DeWine, right. You know, like uh, we were fully planning on having, church this past weekend and then when when friday hit and it just didn't feel right anymore right and 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 we are to deliberate over that and pray and struggle with it but i think now it it, i don't think it should be an issue but for some churches it still is so again where i feel the church should be a leader in all of this it could actually be a drag and a deterrent to it because it thinks it it thinks it's being more spiritual by going, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to listen to the government. I'm not going to listen to the world. I'm going to trust God that somehow these are diametrically opposed. In other words, having good wisdom that's coming from the medical, scientific, and political community. And, well, God's telling me not to fear. God will heal me. I mean, and then put the Lord to the test. You know, put it this way, Tony. You look through your Bible, there's not one teaching on the law of gravity. Not one teaching on the law of gravity. So what am I going to do? Not believe the law of gravity? It's, it's not taught in the Bible? It's assumed. It's assumed. Um, I can't fly. We don't need to provoke God on things that he gives us wisdom that should be assumed. The devil tried to do this with Jesus. You know, go, go up to the top of the temple and fling yourself off. The Bible says he'll give his angels charge over you. Uh, Jesus knew about gravity. and it's a law within nature and god is the god of over nature so in other words he's assumed he's already spoken some of these things we don't need always a thus say at the lord people don't need to always have some great revelation they need to be baptized in common sense especially in the church amen so i I think we need to be well informed as pastors and give our people permission 
in this where again like weeks ago i was feeling the need for this um in other words social distancing and even to stop having maybe services and whatnot and find other creative means like many people are doing today but we didn't give our people permission to do that we didn't tell them you know hey it's okay if you don't hug you know give a bow or do something else we weren't on the forefront of that given the permission for that and so there's a lot of confusion and again I, I i saw this in a conference where people are coughing in their hand hugging each other and i'm like wow where is the church in the midst of this so church be uh be wise be wise um be informed be pastoral and humane in our responses and give people the opportunities like you're given. I've seen some other creative things on the internet today of other uh, worship experiences along the way to provide daily bread uh, for people's yeah. journey to sustain. Yeah. Uh, Restoration Church is doing, uh, we're starting a 14-day uh, prayer Bible study that we're doing on the Uversion app. And then I'm hosting a prayer meeting tomorrow night via the same medium here via Zoom. And then... Great. Uh, and then we're starting to, we're actually going old school. We're starting to phone ministry team to, to get people to commit to calling our senior citizens awesome. and isolated. And, and I, you know, you can't hold on to anxiety while you're also serving God in gratitude. And I, I think that's, an, I think that's an important thing is that if we really want to fight some of this fear, uh, you know, we can be kind and, and not touch each other. You know, it's, it's possible. It's possible. Well, it's a cultural thing. Shaking hands is cultural. That's why I alluded to, the bow. Right. In other cultures, the bow, it's distant. It's giving honor. It's giving welcome. It's touching is just a, a cultural thing in, in terms of proximities. But, you know, I could be touched here by what you're saying to me, Tony. I don't need right. to see, but I've, I've been touched just talking with you. And uh, we, we have to go old school. We're going to do house worship tonight, uh, go old, old, you know, house church tonight with our family. So we come up with other uh, alternatives. But I like what you're doing in terms of, uh, it's, it's good probably maybe to strategize if people don't have small groups to, to get into small groups and assign people various things on what to do that some persons are calling. Yeah. Some people may feel led to go and leave a meal at the door of someone and let them know they're coming and they can go out and get the meal themselves so there's no contact. There's so many different things. It's time we can be creative. Society surely needs the love and goodness of God at this time. And this is an opportunity for us to be the church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I love it. Dr. B, uh, if people want to find more about the stuff that you're putting out, what's the best way for them to reach your content? Um, well, I Facebook? think, yeah, Facebook is, and, and uh, Dr. David Watson's blog is the start of where at least this uh, 10 guidelines for prayer has been posted. Yeah. And I'm going to put all that in the show notes um, and we'll have that all in there. And so we'll have it as well. It's been translated already. And I think like five or six languages. I saw that. Yeah. Bermuda. Already. I, that, so, you know, uh, prayer and repentance is the big thing. And then yes. uh, we'll link to your Facebook page. If people want to follow you on Facebook, um, you put a lot of good stuff out there. You have a lot of good thoughts about spiritual warfare and how to combat it. And, right. and such a time as this. So, um, and they can get that in my book unleashed. Not trying to do a shameless plug, but I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not shameless there. at all. It's, you know, uh, there's gonna be a lot more people that have time for reading. Don't let the screen burn your brain, man. Uh, you exactly. gotta, we're going to need it. Amen. I would encourage people to be reading the scriptures. You know, Psalm 91 is a good place. Mm -hmm. Philippians chapter four is a good place. Psalm 23 is a great place to find uh, our Lord is our shepherd who provides, protects, who guides us, 
who, who leads us by still waters, even in this valley of the shadow of looming, you know, death and whatnot, you know, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies and uh, uh, anoints us, our cup runs over, you know, goodness and mercy. He, he is our protector, our provider, and our guide. Psalm 23 is a good place to, to be too. There's a lot in the scriptures. Mine it. We have a lot of time to do it, but let's not think about ourselves. So in other words, even though we're quarantined and cloistered, let's not have a cloistered mentality. Let's be thinking how we could just be creative to help serve others in this time period. When everything seems to be myopic and imploding, let's think of ways that we can be creative and to shine bright and be a beacon of hope. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Dr. B, thank you so much for taking some time today. Um, We're going to get this out right away. Uh, Just really appreciate you and and your ministry. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, you Can I just do a quick, just quick blessing? Yes, please, please do. Lord, I just uh, speak right now to the viewing and listening audience, your peace. Hmm. I rebuke and bind any spirit of fear and anxiety that may be attacking and overwhelming anyone at this time. And Lord God, again, we release your peace and your comfort that passes, transcends all understanding. And may it function as a guard and garrison our mind against anything the enemy would try to bring in. Lord, I speak health, wholeness, and strength to our immune systems. May we keep our eyes on you rather than on our circumstances and on ourselves, And Lord God, we pray that your hand be upon this world, our countries, our communities, that you administer healing, health, and wholeness in this time. We give you thanksgiving above all for your goodness and the goodness you're going to bring out of this. And even the goodness that's in the midst of this, if we would open our eyes and ears, mm-hmm. we praise you and we acknowledge you are still on the throne and you are still Lord. Yes. In Christ's name, amen. Oh, man.